This is Josh Cohen and the Home Team, broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine Studios. Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-3733. On the new ESPN 1063. We are inside the cocktail hour, and I know that because Frank Sinatra just said... It's the cocktail hour. For me, it is right now. That's how I know. And, of course, it is served by Monroe's of Palm Beach. When it comes to meat, size does matter. And that's why Tuesdays are Tomahawk Tuesdays at Monroe's of Palm Beach. Enjoy Monroe's signature 36-ounce bone-in ribeye tomahawk, along with a bottle, an entire bottle of Tito's handmade vodka, all for $150. It's the hottest girls in all of South Florida. It is upscale dining, tremendous dining, legendary Tomahawk size and flavor. Tomahawk Tuesdays are the place to be at Monroe's of Palm Beach. Uh, Just off of 95 on Okeechobee Boulevard, so easy to get to, 100 North Congress, right there at Okeechobee and Congress in West Palm Beach, or visit monroespalmbeach.com, book your reservation, book your table for dinner or for fun with your peoples, monroespalmbeach.com. MonroesPalmBeach.com. We are playing a game called Guess That Connected Co-Host. Will it be in St. Louis, Missouri, Dean Thomas? Will it be in Boca Raton, Cam Lavica? Or will it be absolutely nobody, just a dead connection to nowhere? Chris Coquel, you have an unfair advantage because you're actually running the board as we speak. Do you have an answer to this you're aware of that you're not sure of? Are you able to play like I'm able to play? I am able to play. Yeah, you got to turn your microphone on first. My and mic then has, we can play. Oh, sorry, I took it to talk down the line there to you see go. who was there, but no one was there. So we, right now, the answer is no one. So right now, neither of our available committed co-hosts are actually available. And this isn't a technical issue. This is this is me on the air accidentally saying Dean at the bottom of the hour when really we had on the show meeting on the text message said Dean at the top of the hour because we got to get into UFC 259, and Dean obviously has the analysis for that. He may have taken the opportunity to pretend like, oops, you said something wrong. I'm going back to work. And right now he's rolling around on a mat with a very heavy, sweaty person on top of him. Ken might be doing the same thing, though, to be fair. Well, Ken was told, like, you're bottom of the hour, Ken. You're back with us at 427. Dean was told in the, in the, in the conversation, the pre-show, that he would be at 403. So I text Dean. He's going to pretend like he doesn't see the text. He's going <laughs> to pretend like, well, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. So we might better, because we don't want to screw this up for everybody. So if we go to the line right now, nobody's there, right? Let's see if someone's there. All right, let's check. Let's see what happens. Hello, uh, are you there, mystery co-host? Yeah, I'm here. Of course I'm here. Okay, we're going to turn you down just a little bit, Dino. Turn your mic down. We, we apologize. I gave you the wrong time cue on the air, but you're a brilliant individual who read the text from earlier and knew that that was my mistake. Well, I, it wasn't that I knew it was your mistake. Like, my time's a little different than yours. Well, you're off by an hour, but... <laughs> But not half hours. You're not in Nova Scotia. <laughs> Coquel's laughing at you because you're not in like Nova Scotia where there's 15-minute differentials. Yeah, that's why I was a little bit late because that, I was... That is weird. Y'all have ever have a friend or someone who was in a time zone that wasn't off by hours, but off by half hours or 15-minute increments? My wife's on a different time zone, but that's a whole different time zone that we're Well, no, that's island time. And that's not a zone. <laughs> that, that's a lifestyle. That's a mental... Dean claims that he lives on island time, except for Dean's never been to the island. <laughs> that's true. Just Rikers like, Island. <laughs> for you, it's just, for you, it's just an excuse to be late. That's all. Yeah, right. it is. It is. It's totally an excuse to be late. But 
No, man, listen, I was a little late today because, like, my clock says, four, well, 3.05. Right, because I mean, you're, you're in central time zone. Yeah. But what I'm saying is you're going to have the same minute we are, and you're going to have the same minute that they are in Los Angeles and in Denver. The only difference is the hour will be different. But there's portions of North America where the time change goes in half an hour's or in quarter hours beyond that. So not everyone has right now something 07. Some people right now have something 22 or something 37. See what I'm saying? Oh, for real? Wow. Dean, did you think we were in a show meeting earlier when you were on? Because it was 2 o'clock there. Right. <laughs> did you know we were on the air when we, when we were talking about Ken and his mouse in his house? Man, I totally... Man, sometimes I just sometimes I just be showing up, and I don't even know what I'm showing up for. Understood. Uh, Dean Thomas, would you say 2021 shapes up to be the biggest career year of your life post-fighting? Yeah, for sure. But you know what? It, it's Every year it gets, it gets a little bit bigger and bigger. I mean, that's what it's about, right? That's, it's always what it's about. If you continue to improve, continue to do more, and continue to come up, that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? Isn't it always yeah, to, that, do, to do more, to do better than you did the year before? And the secret is just doing a little bit better in any one area. You know what I'm saying? Like just Explain. pick an area, pick an area of your life and just try to do a little bit better at that. And then things just kind of come together. I realized this. That's an interesting way to look at it. I want to say, you know, you've always had the natural charisma, the natural likability and the natural comedy, which is why I recognize that very early on. I wanted you to be a part of the show. I wanted you to be a regular guest on this show. And you you liked you know, having that kind of platform, that form, developing some comedic skills, developing that comfort of being on air, public speaking, whatnot. But then you started coming to some charity events, some social events, etc., getting out and about and such. If you never had done that, if you had never, you know, as you were finishing fighting, if you'd never gone out and, and participated in Walk a Mile in Her Shoes, do you think you'd ever have gotten, you know, into the idea that you are with your improv, with your acting, with some of your television work and your television shows with UFC? Or would you have just been like that that coach that just stays in the gym and stays on lockdown? Yeah, I would have turned into Morgan Freeman from Million Dollar Baby. Oh, and boy. Yeah, I, and nobody wants to be that guy. I didn't want to be that guy, so I appreciate being able to have the opportunities yeah. to go to the galas and yeah. the little parties and the charity events and do all the things that I'm doing because, yeah, it afforded me what I'm doing right now. So really what it sounds like is I'm most a credit for your success because I'm you the are. one that would brag, you know, that would drag you along to those things, introduce you around, make you stand and step and repeat, make you come to those, uh, you know, those different things so you could get publicity and media. And I'm, this is really all of your success is due to me. It is true. And like, and I learned a lot from going to those things. I learned that I couldn't dress. You know what I'm saying? I was going there with <laughs> outfits true. on. They looked, they looked like Tom Hanks from Big. Yep, you know what I'm saying? Didn't fit right. Yep. Didn't fit right and never matching and, and wearing too many layers. Yep. And I realized all that. So it all helps and it makes sense now that now things are starting to come to fruition and I'm able to, you know, to, to make a living. Is it is it troubling to you or gratifying to you? That actually you are going to do and you are living a lot of the things that I wanted to do for myself. Are, are you pleased that you're the one that gets to do it instead and that my dreams are crushed? Yeah. That you take fact, pleasure from that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I take a lot of pleasure in that, you know, because <sighs> finally one one for the for the good team, you know? Yeah, the good guys win once in yeah, a while. Yeah, the good guys finally win. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the good guys, some of the bad guys. Uh, UFC 259. I don't care if you're a casual MMA fan. I don't care if you're not. Tomorrow night is the Super Bowl 
of MMA. It's the Super Bowl of UFC. In fact, tomorrow night's event feels like, and I tweeted this earlier at our boy John Ennick, who lives in Boca, who is the play-by-play voice of the UFC and who listens to this show on the regular, um, because he said, he said Saturday feels like the Super Bowl. To me, tomorrow night feels like the Super Bowl and the Final Four and Game 7 of the NBA Finals and maybe like the series finale of Ozark because you know <laughs> things are going to happen you don't expect and you know that it's going to get probably nasty and like tomorrow night is a ridiculous fight card. The last time that there were three title fights on a UFC card and all three of the challengers left as the new champions, I was there. It was mm-hmm. the first weekend of November in 2017, Madison Square Garden. It was Michael Bisping and George St. Pierre. It was uh, No Love, right, Cody, Galbraith? Yep. And then it was uh, Rose, uh, Rose Namajidis. Rose Namajunas. When, when she took the belt from the Wicked Witch of the West. Oh, wow, yeah, I remember all that. I was there. And- you know what? I, you know, with the exception of uh, Amanda Nunez, I can see uh, this a lot of title changes in this in this card as well. So, so let's get at this a little bit here because you are the coach. For those that don't know, Dean Thomas, obviously the former UFC pioneer, MMA uh, legend, Dean Thomas, the first. If here's an answer for a trivia question: Who was the first UFC winner in Las Vegas history? Because the fights tomorrow night will be in Las Vegas, and the answer to that question, Dean, is. A young man by the name of Dean Thomas. You were the first UFC winner in Las Vegas because they weren't allowed to fight in Nevada. You go back so long that they could only fight in weird places in weird states. Um, Yeah, like Colorado. And then Nevada approved MMA, and then you got to be. So, Coquel, it's great that Dean Thomas is the first ever UFC winner in Las Vegas history. Mm -hmm. But it also says that he sucked at the time because why was he the first fight of the night? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Top of the car. <laughs> because I wanted it could because I had to open things up. You know what I'm saying? I had to set the stage. Ah, there you go. Yeah. My favorite part of this story is that when the UFC had its little birthday, it's a 20th or 25th anniversary a couple years ago, and Dana said to you, "You know, Dean, this is as much this you know this anniversary much about you as it is uh, anyone else." And you were like, "Why is that?" And then Dana said to you, "Because you were the first winner in Vegas, you dummy." You didn't even you weren't even aware of your own I place. No, I forgot. I didn't even know. You even I told you, you I just show I just show up, Josh. That's it. Just show I up. I don't yeah, I don't concern myself with the uh, all the extraneous stuff. I just show up. All right, so Max Kellerman earlier today was discussing a hypothetical between okay. between Clubber Lang and I believe Ivan Drago. Mm-hmm. You know, the opponents of Rocky Three and Rocky Four. So he was talking about how on ESPN.com they had Clubber as a southpaw, but he fights orthodox. Or is it the other way around? I'm trying to remember. Clubber, Clubber southpaw? Oh, I'm trying, I don't remember. Because remember, he threw, he threw a lot of nasty left hooks. Yeah. I think he. I think he, both of them were fought southpaw. Uh, Rocky and Clubber Lang fought southpaw. All right, so who do you have in that? Forget about UFC 259, the biggest fight card of the year. Who do you have between uh, Clubber Lang and Ivan Drago? Man, as as much as I hate to say it, because Clubber Lang is one of my heroes yeah. and one of my favorite villains of all time. Oh, he, he, uh, oh. he wouldn't have be, he wouldn't have been able to beat Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago had too much reach and he was juiced up. Yeah, but Balboa beat him, and Balboa is smaller, obviously significantly smaller than Clubber Lang. He was on he was on the juice too. They just didn't show that part in the movie. Stallone was on juice. Come on. <laughs> 
No. What are you gonna no, tell me? You gonna, you gonna tell me Stallone was on steroids for Rambo as well? Come on. I don't know about Stallone, but I know I know Rocky was. Oh, Rocky was on juice. Stallone yeah. wasn't. Yeah, gotcha. I don't know about Coquel? Stallone. He's running through the snow and carrying logs. You don't have your fighters doing that. <laughs> Only when they train in <laughs> Russia. I yeah. had that that exact same uh, coat that Avarex sheepskin bomber coat that Balboa had. I had the exact same one, but with the hood, and the hood had the fur on the top of the hood. That jacket made me look like I was 52 pounds of muscle uh, bigger when I wore that coat. <laughs> it was insane. Everything was so like heavy. Uh, Kukai, are you looking at stats right yeah, now? No, I just want to confirm some stats for the big fight. Please. Clover Lang is a southpaw. I don't think he is, though. I think they got that wrong. I, I'm looking at a statistic right now. From where? From ESPN.com? From uh, Rocky.Fandom.com. All right, so he was a southpaw. He's 28-1 for his career. All right, so the southpaw does explain, Dean, those big monster left hooks. Yeah. Okay. It explains it. And then... And then 5'11", 225. Drago fought wow. Orthodox. Yeah, Drago was Orthodox. I remember that for sure. Yeah, because Drago's left... Yeah, Drago's left foot was for it. Yeah, and he had a, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He had a decent little jab. He had that little jab. He popped that jab. jab. Uh, by yeah, the way, Clubber Lang was not 5'11". Clubber Lang, if they're going to list Rocky at 5'10", 5'11", and, and Stallone is like 5'8", on a good day... There's no way that Clubber Lang is 5'10". What'd you say, 5'11"? 5'11", 225. Nah, Clubber Lang's got to be got to be at least six foot. Mr. T, six foot. No? Is he? I don't know. Uh, so you're taking who in that matchup? You said you're taking Drago? I got to take Drago, yeah. man. Drago's... Yeah. Okay. Why don't we get to the actual fights? UFC 249 tomorrow night is a monster card. Um, are you a little bit relieved you don't, you don't have to be there? Or do you significantly wish that you were in Vegas for this fight card. Dino, are you there? Uh-oh. He's glitching. That's not on our end, right? That's on his end, Coco? Yeah, that's not us. That's him. Okay. So we may have a connection problem right now with Dean. He's connected directly to the router. Not a Wi-Fi issue, so maybe we'll get him back in a moment. Uh, but he's turned up, though, just in case, right? Yeah. Okay, so we'll hear him when we can. Yeah, tomorrow night, three title fights. And remember, always for UFC, you don't have to buy the pay-per-view. You don't have to pay a cover. You go to Twin Peaks, Palm Beach Lakes Boulevard in West Palm, Pembroke Pines, and Davie, and you can always watch the boxing cards, the UFC pay-per-views, and all the MMA, never with a cover, absolutely free. Just go to Twin Peaks for each strength and scenic views. Drago 6-5, by the way, Ford Orthodox. Spending way too much time on this, probably should get <laughs> Dean back on the air. Drago listed at 6-5. It's probably a little generous. Game 261, too. He's probably... Closer to 6'3", but Stallone is actually closer to 5'8", <laughs> than he is 5'10". So Rocky, because you know, Rocky isn't Stallone, you know. They're not Rocky's played by Stallone. Oh. So the character of Rocky's taller. Wait, so he's not a real, I wasn't watching real boxing? Not, it wasn't real boxing, unfortunately, no. Uh, are we connected with Dean, or do we lose him for good? We have lost him for now. Oh, boy. All right, so let's text him and ask him to reconnect. Speaking of these fights and this fight card, yeah, this is ridiculous. I mean, from really the entire top to bottom prelims on. All right. Hey, there I'm he is. Back. Okay, he's back yeah, now. Right. I'm back. Yeah, I had, I had to jerry-rig it. Well, I did, to you, hook it up did, you, the... did you use chewing gum and a paper clip? <laughs> I had some um, toothpicks, a paper clip. And a, tr- and, a tr- and a soccer trophy. A little I'll- Gorilla Glue, we're good. Yeah, yeah we're good. Yeah. Um, before we get into Coming to America 2, which is out today, streaming today, um, and disappointments of sequels, because all of us were super afraid that, you know, we were like, yeah, so excited for it, but like Dean, you and I talked about, 
um, super worried that we're going to be super disappointed by what it actually is, and it will tarnish the franchise for us. Yeah. Oh no. You didn't I don't know see if it I yet. Can watch it. I didn't see it yet. Plus, you don't have an Amazon Prime account. Yeah, I do. Oh, you do. Yeah. I was going. I was going to give you my password and then change it right quick halfway through. <laughs> Log you out and change it in the middle. You can do that, you know. <laughs> nah, I thought, I don't, oh, I've done, gotten other people's passwords and changed their Netflix password so they can't sign in. But you have to have their email. How'd you manage that? Because they usually have the same password for their email uh, and their Netflix. That's always good with the X. All right, Dean, so let's look at this card tomorrow night. Jordan will give us winners and you know value as far as that's concerned for the gambling side. But this is um, the fight card of the year, and not just to mm-hmm. this point, but for the rest of the year. I can't imagine a card even International Fight Week in July, that's going to touch this. Let's talk about your boy, Eljamon Sterling, who was with us on Wednesday against Piryan, the uh, the Russian, who really is an impressive, I mean, impressive fighter. They're doing this at 135. Your boy, Aljo, gets a shot, finally, a well-deserved shot. This fight is basically a coin flip, but who do you give an advantage to, as we know styles make fights, for everybody that's going to be watching and or wagering, what do you think, you know, is the, the advantage here in the matchup when it comes to these two and their styles? Uh, man, it, it's such a, a weird stylistic fight. It is. Aljamain Sterling, like, he's very elusive, and he runs around, and he's, you can't find him, you can't see him. And then Peter Jan is, like, solid, He's just, and he's a great boxer. Mm. So it, it's very it's very difficult to say who has the, the stylistic advantage. I don't really think either of them do. That's why it's a pick em. But I will say if it goes early that I'm giving the advantage to Aljamain, but the later rounds, I think Peter Jan is uh, is taking control of Which is more likely to happen, Peter Jan to knock Aljamain Sterling out or Aljamain Sterling to submit Peter Jan? I think Aljamain Sterling to submit Peter Jan. Is more likely. I think that's more likely to happen. Mm-hmm. I think, and, and Aljamain has more ways to win, though. So, so I guess maybe stylistically he may have the advantage because he can win. He can win in many different ways. Which is more important? Which is more important, Coach? Is it the fighter that has the more ways to win, or the fighter that has fewer ways to be beaten? The fighter who has fewer ways to be beaten. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's look at it from that perspective. Of these two, who's got fewer ways to get beaten? Whether it be the judges' cards, submission, KO, TKO. I think uh, Aljamain has fewer ways to be beaten. And he's got more ways to win. And he's got more ways to win. Okay, so the value play in this spot would have to be, therefore, Uh, he checks both boxes, you're going to go advantage Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, I'm going, yeah. And this is not because he's your boy, because you trained with him, because he's close with Matt and trains with Matt. You're just, from an outsider's view, you're saying he has fewer ways to get beat and more ways to win, and therefore, he gets advantage. Yeah, I mean, he's going to, like, in order for him to get beat, he's he's got to make a bunch of mistakes. Okay. He's got to he's got to make a bunch of mistakes. Which is I possible. I don't see that happening. I mean, well, look, but, it's possible it's his first time in a title fight. And, and even though it won't be, you know, a 20,000-person uh, capacity T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas, you know, it is still a five-round title fight, and it's that one moment you've worked every moment to this point for. Yeah. But I will say this. If uh, if Peter Jan hits him cleanly, that could be the end of it. That's the difference. Peter Jan has the ability to turn his lights out with yep. one punch at any given point in the fight. That's the difference. That's what makes this fight so exciting, and that's why you have to watch it. Let's go next to your former fighter and your friend, Amanda Nunes, the greatest of all time, against Megan Anderson, the significantly taller Australian, who is not just taller but longer 
Um, Amanda, you told me in 2015, yo, JC, she's going to be great. Wait and see what she becomes. I'm telling you, she is going to be great. You called it. You saw it. You knew it early on. You were there. You were in that corner when she became the champion. You were in that corner when she defended that championship against Ronda Rousey on my birthday, uh, December the 30th, 2016. And when she ended Ronda in 47, 48 seconds, 23 strikes landed in 47, 40. It was dominating. All I remember about that was Amanda got 100,000 to show up and uh, Ronda got 3 million to show up. Um, And one of them was the champ and it wasn't the one getting paid. And that was tremendous disrespect. And I also remember Ronda not talking a whole lot of smack and Ronda being very low with media the entire week leading up to because I told you that tells us everything we need to know. She has zero confidence she's going to win this fight. Yeah, I, I, and it wasn't a really good fight for her because she, was, she wasn't she was confident she was going to win. And when she lost, she accepted it and just walked away quietly. Yep. And it was a great a great night for Amanda. And I remember her backstage yelling at everybody, telling everybody how disrespected she felt, which is why she put on the performance she did. Is that normal of Amanda Nunez? Because I've only ever seen, you know, like I, I've seen sweet, fun, happy, cheerful, joyous smile. And then we've seen in the cage when she becomes a monster or a beast um, is, uh, who was it? Otito Ortiz and I at the Cosmopolitan Pool. I said, Amanda Nunez, he goes, beast. She's a beast. I go, right? She, I mean, she is. She's an unbelievable talent. She's an unbelievable fighter, but she's a sweet soul as a human being. She was yelling before or after the fight how disrespected she felt. After the fight. That's great. Would that surprise you? Yeah, it's, yeah, it was very out of pocket. I was surprised that she would do something like that. But, I mean, she was passionate about it, and that's really what it came down to. She had so much passion about what she was doing, and so much she felt so disrespected that she didn't get no love because, like, all the posters around her said Ronda, and she was the winner, and she was the champion. She was the winner. She was the champion. She was putting her belt on the line, giving the former champion a shot. And we all knew once she got kicked to sleep by Holly, there was no coming back. Dean, you remember you were sitting in the studio when I said, listen, here's what you do. I'm going to you know, AARP right now. We're going to print out the retirement paperwork to fill in when you're going to retire. And at the press conference, have Amanda pull this out of her back pocket and hand it to Rhonda because here's your retirement because it's over because you're never doing one of these again. She never did one of those again. She never ever once again, she never fought again. Yeah, I know. And I, I don't see her coming back ever again. No. She's paid now. so no, She's done. So, so Amanda, before that fight, she gave you a bloody nose. Mm-hmm. Before the main event of the evening, the pay-per-view, Amanda Nunez and Ronda Rousey, you guys are warming up backstage, and she caught you with what? Everything. <laughs> no, hold on. I mean, it was, it's an accident, obviously. No, not I know, but no, no, no. It's not an accident. Like when you're when a fighter is warming up in the back, they have no filter. This just it's just go, and they don't care what they hit, they what they run into. And she was beating me up, hurt my ribs, bloody my nose. I was bleeding and everything. So yeah, all right. Um, but you didn't break your nose. She, I didn't break my nose, bloody. but it's a dangerous job. Yeah, it is a dangerous job. Uh, Megan Anderson, I've got reason for concern here. I've got legitimate reason for con- concern here. First of all, Megan Anderson, she can finish fights. Uh, number two, she does have a substantial height advantage and a substantial reach advantage. Amanda, you know, I, she was on my Instagram the other day. I think she has the most joyous smile. Who loves what they do more than she loves going into a cage and beating up a woman against her own will? She loves it. Mm-hmm. But this is one of those red flags. Amanda, minus 1,100. Amanda, minus 1,200. Mm-hmm. She could walk into something if she's over aggressive. If early on she goes charging 
and she likes to throw those big overhand rights and those big looping lefts. She could get stuck with something, and all of a sudden, this is a very different fight, no? Yeah, well, I think the only thing she has to worry about with Megan Anderson is her knees. Like, Megan Anderson has good knees up the middle. Mm -hmm. Other than that, Amanda, it should be kind of a cakewalk for Amanda because she's so much more balanced, so much quicker, so much more coordinated. Megan Anderson, she's tall, but that doesn't necessarily give her an advantage. It makes her kind of lanky well, and, and with knees, a little though. awkward. It would with it, knees. Yeah, it makes it makes her it makes her dangerous with knees because it's like face range when she throws them, but she doesn't move well because she's so tall, almost like a almost like a center in basketball. Okay, so think of a think, yeah, think of a center in basketball, the coordination of a center in basketball versus the, the coordination of a of a point guard. Amanda, uh, Amanda would like this fight to just be a stand and trade, right? She'd like to just get in there and get it out. No, I don't think I don't think so. I think no? she's going to try. I think she's going to probably either take her down where she has right. a huge advantage, or just move around her pot shot, like stick and move, stick and move, okay. stick and move. And we're talking about body shots here. Yeah. All right. And so for Megan Anderson, she very much wants to avoid the ground. She very much wants this to be a stand and trade and keep distance. I imagine. Yeah, she's going to want to stand and trade and throw knees. So I'm going to guess Amanda's got more ways to win and fewer ways to lose. Did I get that right? <laughs> by far yeah that's how you get to be a minus 1200 favorite yeah as amanda yeah. nunez is all right last one obviously the main event of the evening jan bakovich say it for me please bakovich yeah good enough yeah and israel adesanya who you mm -hmm. had to yell at by the way who you pulled aside yeah i, had to, yeah, I pulled aside you pulled aside and said yo this back and forth with john jones you young brothers don't understand what us old brothers had to do and go through for it to be here stop this negativity divisiveness on twitter and he yeah, said to you, the jim brown cheap treatment yeah you mm -hmm. gave him the old jim brown on the, on the set of any given sunday and he said to you who the bleep are you old man right <laughs> no he said he, no i mean he said he said, he said you're right dean man i'm not gonna do that man I, that's why i ain't said nothing in a while i'm gonna I'm chill out so i'm trying to see Respect, see how respected you are yeah. by people that don't work here? It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's, cra it's crazy, right? It is crazy. It is. All right, so in this fight, Israel Asanya is obviously a special talent, the yeah. uh, style bender. But uh, Jan, uh, he got power, and this is one of those tests that's a lot different than, say, you know, Paulo Costa, who was drinking wine apparently the night before <laughs> that fight this fall. Um, Israel Asanya is a favorite and has to be, you know, for a reason. A significant favorite of mine is 242.50. What do you expect here as far as game plan, strategy, and obviously end result? Well, I think, I mean, it's going to come down to Israel Adesanya just being as slick as he always is and being able to use his angles and to prove the size doesn't really matter that much in a fight because Israel Adesanya, length is more important than size. Yeah. He's going to use his length, he's going to use angles and his speed, and those are the things that matter. Elbows, right? For Israel Asanya, the key here is going to be elbows from strange angle. I mean, if it gets close enough for elbows, but I don't think he's going to let Jan get that close to him. I think he's going to just keep him away and just and just pick him apart. Who's got a better chance of getting knocked out? Of uh, getting knocked out? But getting knocked out, Jan Blakovich. He's and getting knocked out. Who's got a better chance of getting submitted? Uh, Israel Adesanya. Mm-hmm. And so, but I don't think it's going to go down. No, this will be a stand and trade for five. For five? Will this yeah, go the gonna, distance? No, it won't go the distance. I think. I think uh, Jan gets knocked out. Really? All right. So yeah. you're going chalk. You're going chalk, and then you went dog with your boy Aljo Sterling, Funkmaster, mm -hmm. yeah. Dean Thomas. Uh, listen. Oh, you got a quick question, Chris? Yeah, my UFC question for you is: and this is a big card. So, what time should I get on my Periscope? <laughs> The whole card because because we didn't even talk about the best fighter tonight. The best fighter tonight is going to be Alexander Rakic ah. and uh, Tiago and Tiago uh, Maheta. 
That's Tiago Santos. That's the best fighter tonight. Tiago Santos, by the way, one of 17 Tiagos fighting on tomorrow night's card. Uh, <laughs> why, why is Santos and, uh, and Alexander Reckett, why is that your, your fight of the night? Because Tiago Santos is very reckless, and so is uh, is uh, uh, Alexander Reckett. They're yeah. just reckless. So that, that could just be a good old school, uh, school, yeah. school parking lot fight. Yeah, if you, if you want to see a school parking lot fight, that's the one to watch. Dean Thomas, we will talk to you on Monday. Uh, enjoy the weekend, my friend. Be safe, please. All right, y'all. Peace. Appreciate it. Back with Ken LaFica in a moment. Uh, I just turned my own mic off. It's the home team on ESPN 106.3. It's the cocktail hour. For me, it is right now. The 4 p.m. cocktail hour is sponsored by Monroe's of Palm Beach. Book now at monroespalmbeach.com. This is Josh Cohen and the home team. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine Studios. Anajar and Levine Accident Attorneys. Call 1-800-747-3. That's 1-800-747-3733. On the new ESPN 1063. Anajar and Levine are accident attorneys. They provide responsive legal help. They got a big team of litigators that don't settle for what comes quicker, fast, or easy, but instead demand that justice be served, demand that you get all compensation, that you are entitled to. 1-800-747-FREE. 1-800-747-FREE. That's 1-800-747-3733 for Anajar and Levine. If you've been involved in an accident, workers' comp problems, injured on the job, nursing home abuse or neglect issues, medical malpractice, that one call, they will handle it all and make it simple for you to see to it justice is served. 1-800-747-3733. And John Levine, they don't just practice the law, my friends. They practice what they love. Ken Levega rejoins us. Um, you are at FAU in advance of what? Basketball tonight? Yeah, basketball final regular season game and then the Conference USA tournament next week. So you're awfully excited about getting excited. And then at the end, you'll be like, I shouldn't have got excited because I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, this time of year, you always uh, think you can make a run. But the thing is, everything's been so ragged, and it's been (laughs) rare to actually have a game. You don't really have any idea who's going to win next week. That is kind of fun. That is kind of fun. Or more importantly, you don't know who's going to lose. Did we uh, post our on-air threesome? Did we post that to Twitter today? Kenny, do you know? Uh, That is my fault. I did not do that. So we did not post our threesome. No, but I have it. That's you have, but we haven't asked it, so we haven't asked, and we haven't told the backstory on it either. Right. So that might not be ideal. That's true. That's yeah, because there's a, there's a backstory about it. With me last night representing ESPN West Palm at the Breakers for the Pap Corp uh, Imagination Gala. Oh, what a night! And this was in memory of John Stoll, the creator of Phantasma Productions, uh, here in West Palm Beach. He owned the Carefree Theater. I actually had a gig there one time at the Carefree Theater really? years ago. You have the love docs and me. Like, oh, cool. It's like a Valentine's Day weekend thing years ago. Um, John um, lost his battle with brain cancer, and the family and their work and efforts to make sure that other families don't have to lose their loved ones from this rare form, aggressive form of brain cancer, began this research and began this organization. PAPCorp doing a wonderful job to raise the money. Sylvester doing a wonderful job to help save lives. So I'm merely there... To, um, to help auction off guest co-host for a day, um, you know, just to come in and guest co-host the show with us for an hour when the pandemic rules have ceased and give, you know, tickets to a sporting event and, you know, a couple gift cards to go eat and maybe a little ESPN West Palm gift pack. We auctioned off. It went so well. We raised $6,000, $6,000 wow. for two different people 
to come and play coach. And the one person, the one winner, is actually a high school kid whose father uh, bought for his opportunity to come do that. I talked to the kid. He's a lot taller than me. And I asked him what's his thing. He said basketball. I asked him two questions about the NBA, and I realized, oh, we're all set. So, Ken, we're going to take that whole hour off and let him just do NBA analysis, this okay. high school kid, because clearly he knows what he's doing. That's fine. So, at the Imagination Gala last night, um, my raffle ticket actually wound up winning this beautiful necklace from Provident Jewelry that they donated. Our friends over there, Rob, Scott, mm-hmm. Jeff Fear, my peoples. And they were very generous to donate this for the cause. I wind up winning, but you can, you know, I don't go up for raffles. Right. I, you stay away from that. Well, because it makes me uncomfortable. I don't want that attention. Nobody looking at me. So I don't have birthday parties. I don't have a happy birthday sung sure. at me uh, in restaurants. So one of our teammates from our marketing and sales side, um, she was invited to come along as well to represent. So she could network and connect and meet these folks. And hopefully we could all do a lot of good together for the community and for each other's businesses and such. I said, you're going up if, in fact, I win. What are the odds? Like, seriously. But if I, like, you go and claim, if, if, if I win, then you go, you go, it's all you, it's all you, it's all you. Sure enough, my ticket wins. Literally. Like, <laughs> the guy at the table next to me, who happened to be a, a home team fan who got excited that uh, he, he was like, I, I know who you are. He's like, I can't let get to the table with you. And I was like, you hear that, everybody else? This is how you should feel. This is exact. I'm just kidding. I said, thank you very much for that. He was one number off. That dude was one number off. So he was mad. But then our sales marketing consultant that came with us, that was my plus one for this event, um, she went up to claim and she gets all excited and everybody's all excited, whatever. And they're like, this is a $6,000 uh, necklace with all these diamonds and right. this is in this nail and da 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 da. And I'm like, hold on a second. Like, wait a minute. I think she thinks this is hers now. <laughs> Like, I got news for her. Like, like, but so, so she thought, and I didn't communicate. You know, you just got to bring that back. Oh man! So, so what is the right thing to do? Wow. Is it a let her keep it? Is it B I should keep it? Or C should we sell it and then split it? Because you can't share custody of a woman's gorgeous, you know, necklace right. with diamonds and in, in nail like a, you know, an equestrian kind of a nail. So, what is the right thing to do, Jeanette? I'll let you go first because. You, you know, obviously, uh, you, well, you know both parties involved, and you can give an opinion on what is the right thing to do in this spot. Let her keep it. You think the right thing is she should keep You're it? You're not an, are you an Indian giver? Well, don't use that term, because I think Sorry. that term is politically incorrect now, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Um, I, no, I, I, it, was, it wasn't like, hey, you know, hey, you can have this. It was, you got to go get it. Like, if, in fact, they call the number, you're going to go claim it. Did you give her the ticket number and say, this is now yours? I did not spell it out like that, no. But I probably should have. Because then there wouldn't be this. this Absolutely. But... Kenny, you sounded like you might have a difference of opinion on this. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a little selfish for the plus one, the teammate of ours, to just assume that because she was handed the raffle ticket that she was now in possession of this prize. But, you don't know her nothing, Josh. But to be fair, I didn't clearly communicate, yo, you bring him back. If I win, you just bringing it back here. But to be fair, a, a, I didn't communicate that clearly. But a piece it, of exactly. jewelry... A piece of jewelry valued at six thousand dollars. 
dollars that requires maybe some more clarification on her part as to what the arrangement actually is i would broach the topic of selling it wrong you should have considered that before you handed the raffle ticket over you should have thought hmm this prize could be cons- could be six thousand dollars maybe think, i won't give this i ticket didn't away. think i didn't think my dumb ticket was going to win I was just, in case it did, there was no miscommunication that I'm not going up there and these people being like, oh, so the guy was just on the mic auctioning off his, you know, co-host's show. Oh, the guy's introducing the band. Oh, that guy. Oh, he also won. You know what I'm saying? Like, people be like, boo, we hate you. We hate you. Well, then that's and I'm just going to help a charity. <laughs> boo. So, so I asked on my Twitter, at Josh Cohen Radio, I asked this question. Um, what should happen? I said, I had my coworker plus one guest claim my winning necklace raffle ticket last night at a charity event I was volunteering. Which should be the resolution of the prize drama? I keep it, she keeps it, or we sell and split the cash. 12% said I should keep it. 53% said she keeps it. 35% say we should sell it and split the cash. So more people side with you, Jeanette, and say she should get to keep the necklace. Absolutely. Get that. Who's this on hold? Leo from Riviera Beach. Uh, Leo, real quick, we're up against it. You're on the home team on ESPN 106.3. Real quick, what's the resolution here? I really think that that you get to keep it and you get to sell it, but I'm just surprised that you can be the MC of so many events, but you don't want to go up and just accept the prize. That was really shocking to me. It's a different thing. I wasn't MC in this event. I was just introducing the band, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, and, and helping Neil, he's the nah, Saffer, he's the auctioneer. He was the host last night, but he said, come up and explain your radio co-host thing. So, but I didn't want anybody to hate me just in case I, when they, when, when she goes, Oh my God, like I thought she was joking. Turned out she, you know, we really did have the Ooh, winning that's ticket awkward, man. And, the, and the guy at the table directly next to me, he was off by one number. Uh, thank you, Leo. Appreciate it. We'll settle this on Monday. Right now it is time for above and beyond driven by Land Rover Palm Beach. Above and beyond. Presented by Land Rover Palm Beach. Indeed. This week we recognize the historic individual performance of New York Knicks star Julius Randle, who's just become the very first player in New York Knicks history to amass 800 points, 400 rebounds, and 200 assists at the All-Star break. As a result, the Knicks are now above 500, Kenny at the All-Star break for the first time since the 2012 season. Congrats, Knicks fans. As a result, Julius Randle, you've gone above and beyond, driven by Land Rover Palm Beach. Just want to let you guys know, Land Rover Palm Beach presents Pull for Paws 2021. It's a clay shooting benefit for the Furry Friends Shelter to receive dog programs at Furry Friend Adoption Clinic and Ranch. This happens on March 26th at the South Florida Shooting Club in Palm City. This shelter-to-service dog program rescues shelter dogs to be highly trained service dogs for our veterans in need. How amazing is that? Saving two lives at a time, oftentimes the case. Registration and breakfast, 7.30 a.m., shotgun start, no pun intended, 9 a.m. Registration includes 100-shot competition, shells, breakfast, barbecue lunch, raffle tickets, and special gift. Register today at furryfriendsadoption.org, furryfriendsadoption.org. Jordan Sherwood next, UFC Fight Picks 249, home team, ESPN 106.3. We're with you wherever you are. 106.3 FM in the car, ESPN app on the go. Play ESPN 106.3 on your home smart speakers. We are ESPN 106.3.